Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Five to Nine. Today, I have with me Reni Odetoyembo. She is an acquaintance and a friend of mine. She is do doing a lot of amazing stuff. She works in the banking sector, and I've seen her work. She's active on social media. She has a YouTube channel. She's very creative and an extremely helpful resource in all things finance and even fashion and career. So I'm actually very excited to have this conversation. I think there's going to be a lot of value for people who are looking to start out. So welcome to the show, Reni. Thank you. Thank you, Atif, for having me. I'm really excited to be on your podcast. Yeah, I'm excited too. So Reni, if you don't mind, just like tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're doing right now. Uh, not only in your career, but in your personal time, just to give everyone a little bit of context about all the exciting things you're doing. Okay, so my nine to five would be that I work, as you said, in the banking, banking sector. So I work at the Bank of Montreal in their wealth management department. And I do not manage anyone's money. I'm not, I'm not, I know nothing about that, but I do make marketing plans for BMO Private Wealth. So that's what I do by day. I've been doing... I started this new job about like three months ago, so I'm just still learning, but yeah, that's what I do by day. And then by night, so my five to nine would be a content creator. That's how I would just, just uh, categorize it. I create content on my YouTube channel, which is XO Rennie, and I basically create content revolving around financial literacy, career, and lifestyle content. So fashion, basically anything in my life that I think could mm. be of value to share with other people, I, I make that kind of content. So I wouldn't say I have a real niche, but that's what I do, and people seem to like it. I just started last year, so so far it's been going pretty good. Yeah, one year and you've done a lot. And it's interesting you say the niche because that was also a struggle of mine trying to figure out. And I think everyone starting out is like, what is my niche? I don't know my niche. And yeah. I think a lot of the times it's okay not to know that. And I like, it's very interesting how you branded yourself. Uh, and I've seen, you know, some of your work. And uh, initially when you come across your page, it's like Renny the resource. So, and that could be like finance or it could be career. So you haven't really stuck to one lane, which is cool. Then it enables you to talk about anything that you're passionate about and anything you enjoy doing. So that's really cool. Yeah. And I think the reason I didn't start for so long was because I didn't have a niche, but right. then I was, I literally was like, okay, forget it. I, I'm a resource for all things, you know? So yeah. Right. What was uh, that one moment or that push when you were like, you know what, I'm just going to dive in into content creation. Was there like an epiphany moment or how, how did that look like? How did you get, you from like, you know, working your job and being like, you know what, I'm going to actually start creating content now. Well, what did that look like? And what was the build up to that? Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like I've always wanted to, to be a content creator, or I, I would say a YouTuber is what I always wanted to be. Even when I was like a little kid, I would watch like singing videos and I'd be like, to my sister, oh, let's let's start a singing channel. Mm. My sister would be like, no, we're not doing that. Like, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> so <laughs> I just decided I'd never, I literally never started. And then as I got older, I was really into fashion. So I was like, oh, let me start a fashion channel and blah, blah, blah. But then I was kind of like, what differentiates my, me from everyone else? Like, what's mm -hmm. the reason for me to start a uh, fashion channel? So I, again, I didn't start. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic hit in 2020, as we all know. And I was like, okay, I have so much free time on my hand because I don't have to commute for three hours a day. So my commute was like an hour and a half each way. 
or maybe an hour. It depends, depending on the day. So it would take quite a bit of time. And by the time you get home, you know, nobody wants, like, I, I didn't want to do anything. I was very lazy uh, or I was just tired, let's mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. So with the pandemic, I had a lot of extra time. And during that time, I was, I bought my first house. So that's really the cat. I was like, that's the catalyst. When I purchased my house and started posting about it, a lot of people had questions for me and they were like, oh, mm-hmm. I know you talk about investing. You've talked about investing for years. Is that how you bought your house? And then they would ask me like, I just had so many questions and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I don't have capacity to answer every single person's question. So let me make one, vi- my idea was let me make one video and you guys can ask me questions and I'll answer it in that one video. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it was like, oh, talk about this. You talk, you're, you've known about financial literacy since you were four literacy since you were four talk about that oh mm-hmm. you you know about um this talk and people just kept asking me so many different questions so i naturally had a so much content that they were giving me you know <laughs> so yeah that's really interesting because i think that's such a smart approach because you just have to listen to the people around you and they're just ideas there based on like you know mm-hmm. maybe your first content you posted on and was your the house buying your first piece of content that you posted on YouTube? So it was the first one I actually recorded, but then I was like, okay. I should probably have a intro video in case people want to know more about me. So I, mm-hmm. I recorded that one before I posted the house. Live. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that was an intro video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, listening to the people, listening to the comment section, there's just so much ideas there and it kind of show, it does the work for you as opposed to you're know, like, what should I do? What will people like? All you got to do is just look at the comments and there's like usually some sort of yeah. idea in there. And if you're good, good enough about it, uh, and it's also very interesting that in the pandemic, I think a lot of people started, including myself, by the way, that's yeah. when I started in the pandemic, like, as you said, free time. All right, how do I use this time? And um, I went more of the TikTok route. I didn't know much about YouTube at the time. And honestly, it was easier to do TikTok than yeah. YouTube um, because I think YouTube takes a lot of production time and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so did you have to learn any like specific skills to start building a youtube channel like what did that look like in terms of learning adobe or like getting a camera equipment and stuff like that yeah so thankfully i i was a photographer before so i already had the equipment thankfully because that probably would have been another hurdle i'm like oh now i have to go buy a camera but no thankfully i already had a camera and i had a tripod so i didn't have to there was no hurdle with that i just used what I already had Mm -hmm. and then with editing honestly I don't do anything fancy I know you your editing is amazing I always see your stuff and I'm like wow I wish I could do that but yeah I I I, it takes me long to edit even now so I'm like I don't have the energy to to make it a huge production but yeah I think YouTube is what you make it you know like it can be really elaborate or it can be really simple yeah it looks really professional like uh, I, I know you don't Maybe you don't edit all that, but it looks very clean and professional. So like, you. you know, to, to someone like, you know, who's being the content, it looks like, oh, this person has put in, you know, the right amount of work. Like it looks very clean and, you know, the graphics and the stuff, the letters that you use, it's, it's very thought out. Like it's simple, but it's very effective. Thank so you. I think that's like a great value. I, for some reason, I thought you were creating YouTube content way longer than that. And maybe it speaks to the amount of like content you've pushed out, but that's really cool to know that, you know, it's like a year and a half or a year you started and that's not even, I th- I actually started in May of 2020. So it's, wow. it hasn't even been a year. Yeah. That fascinates me so much because you're able, and I think in Clubhouse, we had this uh, brief conversation. 
So May you started creating YouTube and you're already being able to monetize it. And that, when you said that, it kind of like put a seed in my head and I'm like, what are you waiting for, dude? Like you need to start now. Yeah. And that acted as sort of like an inspirational moment where I'm like, I need to action now because there's clear opportunity and um, I, I want to get on it. So it's really cool that you were able to monetize. And uh, you know, if you don't mind speaking a little bit about the numbers, because I think it will help people get some context as to how long does it take? Like, and how much dollars are we talking about? Um, and, how, and how many hours were you putting in before? So if you can get a little bit more context about that, I think that would be super helpful. Yeah, and I think what people need to realize is you can't monetize and like once you get on the platform youtube actually has a very long process it used to be once you got on the platform you could start putting ads on your videos mm -hmm. but now they have this youtube partner program and you need four thousand watch hours i thought it was going to be easy but it's it's very yeah. hard to get four thousand hours of content especially mm -hmm. if your videos are like five to six minutes like it's not yeah. easy to get lots of people watching um and then you also need 1000 subscribers so because i already had like 1000 instagram followers at the time it wasn't that hard like i was like every day i was like hey guys follow me on youtube uh, subscribe to my youtube mm -hmm. channel so it wasn't that hard to get that 1000 but the watch hours took me about three months so it took me three and a half months i would say to get monetized uh okay. which i think is pretty quick i think wow. some people yeah <laughs> Yes. And it actually, you have to get the hours within a year. So you have 12 months to get those 4,000 hours or else it resets, which is very annoying. But like the hours are all based on a 12 month rolling. Gotcha. Yeah. Which mm. is, I, I don't think YouTube should do that because some people get like almost there and then it's like, Oh, reset. Oh, wow. Yeah. So because of that, I started creating content very regularly at the beginning. So I was doing I was posting videos twice a week, which is a lot. I couldn't keep up with that, but I was posting right. videos twice a week um, for the first three months. And then I was able to get monetized. And yeah, yeah I That's also, awesome. I would also post like, hey guys, when you watch my videos, try to watch the whole thing. Even if you're not actually paying attention, just watch the whole thing. Right. <laughs> just, just so that I could get that monetization status, you know? Right. So for it to be categorized as watch hours, you need to watch the full video or how does that work? No. So if they watch one minute of your video, it'll be oh, one okay. minute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would tell people, Hey guys, watch the whole video. Um, you can even click, uh, click play on my video and then let it run for the entire day. Like my, all mm -hmm. my videos, you know? <laughs> so that's what my, everyone was doing that for me, which is very that's helpful. So nice. And people will come through for you. Like I know people, it, you, it, some people are like scared to put things out but honestly your people will support you in my opinion and even if it's not your friends and family that are supporting you people who actually like your content other than your friends and your family will support you so yeah it's interesting in the social media world especially once you gain a decent amount of followers like the amount of support you get from strangers yeah it's quite humbling and it feels good because these people are basically part of your community just because of your content and it's a little validating because they're not doing it out of compulsion or anything like yeah. that so that definitely feels really good so you got the 4,000 uh watch hours the 1,000 subscribers now what's the next step now how does like the monetization work do they pay you like by ad or by like mm -hmm. amount of views Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is you then have to go back to every single video that you've uploaded and add ads to them. So there is an automatic way to do it. You can like click add, add ads, but right. it's not, they'll maybe add like one or two ads. It's not, 
it's not really gonna get you the most money. So I would say do it yourself and manually add ads on all of your past videos. That's right. what I did at least. And then, um, yeah, these, you start getting paid by how long someone watches your ad for. So if, if you watch, if someone clicks skip ad right away, then you don't get, I don't know if, I think you do get paid, but not as much as if somebody mm. watches the whole thing. But you know, sometimes there are like 10 minute ads on videos. Yeah. You know? So obviously no one's going to watch that, but it's all dependent on the length of time that somebody watches the, the ad for. And you can, there are four types of ads that you can put on your videos. So you can put one ad that is a skippable ad. So the ones that say skip ad at the bottom, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you can put a non-skippable ad that will be like um, 10 seconds long and then they have to watch the full thing. You can also have a banner ad. So it'll be like the ones that are on the bottom of the screen. And, right. Right, and then right, there's right. one more, which I cannot remember at the moment, but right. yeah, those are the, those are the types of ads. Yeah. That you can which one do you use? Like, I feel like the non-skippable one, it's interesting because you're kind of forcing your audience to watch through yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. what do you use? I actually, I just select all and then okay. they can, YouTube assigns it to, like they automatically put it uh, per, depending on the person. So right. if the person always skips ads, they may put a non-skippable ad for that person. Right. I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure how they assign it, but right. I just choose all and then YouTube does it themselves. Right. One thing to know is if your ads are not, if your videos are less than eight minutes, you can only, you can't put ads within the, within the video. So that's one thing to note because before my videos were all shorted, like a lot of them were shorter than eight minutes and I couldn't put ads on those ones. Right. So you can't really, if you're looking to monetize, you have to have like a long format longer than eight minutes. Yeah. yeah. I think my cousin was telling me that. You can't like, even if it's less than eight minutes, you can put an ad at the beginning and the end, but you just won't be able to put any ads in between no. that video. And most people do not watch to the end, which is normal. So you're losing on a lot of money if your ad is less than, I mean, if your video is less than eight minutes. Right. Um, so when you create content, do you keep that in mind in the sense that, hey, I need to make long format. Uh, so you will you will you have any strategies to stretch it out to make it more in the sense that it's longer, but also at the same time engaging. And what, what are the thought process that goes into like, you know, for you to make one YouTube video, what, what do you think about it as like? Yeah, I think a lot of my, my as you said, asking your audience for ideas, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> sorry. No. Asking, your, asking your audience for ideas is uh, a great way to get content. So whenever I ask them for ideas, like they, they give me lots of questions. So if I'm interviewing um, a financial advisor, like I did today, I will get my audience to ask me questions. And honestly, none of my videos are less than eight minutes anymore because just they have so many ideas that they've given me. So yeah. I don't really have to like think of a, a process anymore because they, that my audience, I literally have a list of 40 ideas that I have for videos I and it. I don't even have time to, to, <laughs> to record them right now mm -hmm. because uh, yeah, there's so many that, that they will give me. So yeah. Right. And how many, so, I mean, we talked about this right before starting the podcast that you batch your content. Mm -hmm. um, so what does that look like? Uh, when do you create content and how many hours are you putting into YouTube? And, uh, and also like, I think I want to switch into talking Instagram a little bit more as well, but in terms of just like content creation, YouTube time, mm -hmm. how, how many hours are you putting in? Hmm. That's a good question. So I, like I like to use my weekends to relax usually. So mm -hmm. 
Um, what I do is I take one weekend a month and then I record all my content on one day. So I will record four videos in one day and then the, I will schedule those out for the next four weeks, which is, that's what I typically do, but it will take my whole week. Honestly, it takes my whole weekend when I do that. So it's Saturday, record all those videos and Sunday edit all those videos and then schedule them to post for the next four weeks. That's what I've typically been doing. Uh, it is a long process, but I think it's because I take so many breaks while I'm editing. Yeah. So that's why I'm sure I could like cut that editing time down, but honestly, I, like, right. I, yeah, I, I take a lot of breaks. Um, but then it's also the content to promote the video as well. So I make the thumbnail, I'll make the, I make the video that I'm going to promote it on my Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Like I create all those things on that Sunday as well. So that when the day comes that the video is live, I can just post it um, on that day. So I think it's a lot of pre, pre-work and it looks like I'm on Instagram all the time, like posting all the time and promoting all the time, but all the content that's there has been created way in advance. Like right. even, even the caption that I'm going to use on Instagram, the fo- like right. every, literally everything is is created on that on that weekend so right there's so much to dive in into there actually okay so i like so it's interesting because like when you're recording videos you, you basically get ready and then you do all the recording in one day and that's done right <laughs> so it's like all right you, you did the work you did all the recordings in one day and then at least you got the raw footage and next and then on the sunday you post produce it and edit it is that what you're doing correct and then when you're saying you're scheduling it for next week, are you doing anything else or are you just like posting it the next week? So you, you have like essentially three weekends off. Exactly. But actually now I even have more because right now I have videos scheduled until May 20, uh, March, sorry, not May. Yeah. Until, so for three uh, two weeks later. So now the video that the videos that I recorded today, the four videos will be yeah. from April going forward. So yeah, I, I literally have the rest of the month off to do whatever I want to do. Wow. That's so interesting. And do you use any specific, so why are you spacing it out? Is it because you want to keep that attention with your audience in the sense that there's a contact this week and then they wait for another content as opposed to if you do all four posts, let's say like, you have everything ready on Sunday and you post it all together, you won't get that same level of engagement. Is that the thing? Exactly. Just because it's long form content. But I know right. that if I was creating for TikTok, which I have a few TikTok mm-hmm. videos, but mm-hmm. you know how you said YouTube is uh, harder than TikTok? I think it's honestly, I think <laughs> TikTok is very hard to, to do. <laughs> That's but, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think because you have to think of like creative ideas and they're like a minute or less. So I feel like it's really hard hard to do that but I don't know Um, because mine's long-form content I only post once a week and then uh, it's enough to digest even some people are like once a week is too much like I don't have time to watch a 15-minute video every week so yeah I think that's why but if I was making content for TikTok it's like I think it's a daily post or every two days um, and post those out but yeah right yeah I I try to do daily on TikTok uh, Mm -hmm. at least Um, and and the reason I say it's easier because I, if you ask me to post like five, six pieces of content a day, I would be able to do it in like two hours just by like, what? just because like, there's no, there's no set format you have yeah. to follow. I don't have to like go Adobe and all that. I can open my phone, go on a rant for 30 seconds and just post it with music in the back. You know what that's I mean? That's true. That's true. So, yeah. <laughs> those videos have taken off as well. So that's why I say that it, it does a lot of work for you. Do you use coming back to, um, your content creation, do you use any specific resources to help you plan? Because I know there's a lot of stuff like later and all that, but are you using 
I'm, I think you might be using Canva because I've seen your um, Instagram posts. Um, mm -hmm. But in terms of scheduling your content, are you using any resource out there? Or? I actually am not. So I just use like YouTube scheduling yeah. function to post my videos. Gotcha. But then for actual Instagram, no, I don't. I don't really schedule anything because the thing is, I post igtvs as well so i don't think you can you can't schedule those through any of these apps that i've seen so far right. but yeah so are you recycling your youtube to igtv because then essentially you post something if you make something for youtube you can make the same thing for igtv right because it's just long yeah. form so what i do is like after my video i'll be like hey guys i just recorded a video about this 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 these are three things i talked about and uh, go watch it on my YouTube channel. That's what I do. Or it'll be like in uh, the most interesting clip of the YouTube video and I'll repost it on Instagram TV. Right. Because IGTV is like more than a minute. So you can have a, like a two minute thing in IGTV and then the full eight minute. And that way you can have not your audience looking at IGTV and not going to YouTube because if they want more, you kind of still have that value from YouTube. Yeah. And I, I want people to watch on YouTube, right? But I need some way to right. like draw them mm -hmm. in. So yeah, that's like, I think actually TikTok is the best way to do it. Doing a short clip on TikTok and then driving them to YouTube because for the videos that I did about like Kigali, when I traveled to Kigali and I showed Kigali and then I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. go watch the full video. That, yeah. that one, it has like 15,000 views or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I just don't have time. Like, I feel like TikTok is so hard. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to change your mind on this at the end of this, because okay. I think you can, I personally do believe you can 10 X your growth by focusing a little bit on TikTok. Not a yeah. lot, just by a little bit. I do, I do believe that. Okay. So I want to do, I do want to talk about that as well, actually. Um, Cause I think it'll be great value because it'll be like a funnel for you. Cause you have like your Instagram mm -hmm. set up and YouTube and TikTok is really like a very great funnel for like, just like getting attention. Yeah. And then you can like funnel people in and that's going to be my strategy to get people to YouTube. Cause I do have like 24,000 people there and I, and I will use mm -hmm. that. Um, so what was your, how did you grow essentially? Like I find it so hard personally to grow on Instagram and YouTube from what I've heard is also like in that saturated space where it's becoming pay to play and you, yeah. a lot more work goes into it. So I like, how do you grow? Like simply put, what are your strategies? Because I honestly, and maybe this is where we talk a little bit about Instagram is the reason I grew on Instagram is only because of my TikTok. Yeah. Uh, it's not like maybe I get like a few followers here and there organically from Instagram. But for me, I find it like so hard to get organic reach on Instagram. So what are you doing right now to, because I still see your posts that you're getting like organic traction on YouTube and Instagram. It's really cool to see that. How are you doing that? And, and you know, what is your advice for people in that space? Honestly, I don't know how the YouTube, like I, for YouTube, I don't really know. I get about like 30 new subscribers a day, which is pretty, it's just, it's just, been, nice. right. Like it's just, I don't know. I don't do anything special with it. I don't think, I think it's just as more people see my videos, uh, some people will subscribe and that's how it's been growing. But one thing I do for Instagram is I create very shareable content. So I think it's a, especially the text posts that I like, Last year I had 2000 or at the end of last year, I had like 2000 ish followers. Mm -hmm. Now I have 5,000 and it's simply because I created, I started doing text posts and shareable mm -hmm. content before my Instagram was just pictures of me, but now I actually talk about and like the video clips of my YouTube channel, but mm -hmm. now it's text posts. So if I'm talking about working with a realtor on my channel and I'm talking about here, I'll make a text post as like, here are five things you should look for when working with a realtor. And then uh, people will share those and save those. And 
because they're more like, I feel like they're more likely to share that post than they are to share a post of my face, you know? So mm -hmm. um, that, that has really been working for me. I highly suggest all content creators, if it fits your niche, obviously make text posts um, because people love them. And like, especially my savings plan that I made, like any guide that you can give people. So on January 1st of this year, I made a savings uh, challenge mm -hmm. and it's just, it's literally like, okay, you, may, you want to save 5,000 every two weeks, you need to save this much. It seemed, it's actually a very simple concept, you know, <laughs> but people loved it. And I got over like, I think 600 shares that people, uh, that, and it grew my, my page exponentially. So mm. I would say creating shareable content has really helped me. Yeah. That post actually was actually super smart because like, I'm an, I'm an accountant, you know, I can do numbers, but yeah. It was still interesting for me to see visually, hey, okay, she's right. If I do this 300 a month and that's the number, I can see why it would be just more interactive for people to use mm -hmm. that as a grid to hold themselves accountable. And I thought that was like, that's a good example of something super simple and logical, but also super effective. Like, and that goes to show you don't need to have like crazy or super innovative ideas to add value to people. You can like just take simple things, break it down into some appealing visuals and add value. And I think you've done a good job of that and using like your Instagram post. And I personally do struggle because I've thought about it. And at least my Instagram page, which is more around like, you know, nature and landscapes and adventure. I don't know if I'd be able to yeah. introduce text, like it doesn't work. So that's why I'll have to focus more on reels because I know there's like organic reach in reels. So I might tap yeah. into that. Um, but I don't, for me specifically, like, I don't know how I'd be able to leverage the power of like the text and shareable. It's something I do think about and I've seen like your grid and you know, you're doing a good job of that. It just wouldn't fit into my Instagram page. And unless like I do think of other ways, but yeah, um, I'm sure there are ways that it could fit. Like even travel is huge, even though we're not really able to travel yeah. right now, but like five things you can do in Vancouver. If you're visiting mm -hmm. Vancouver, five trails to visit when you're, I think people really like that content, mm -hmm. but you just have to make it look aesthetically pleasing, you know, and it, then, and then people will, will share it. Yeah. I know that anytime I know we both travel a lot or before yeah. the pandemic, we both travel a lot. So Anytime I traveled somewhere, that's what I would be searching. Like I would be searching right. uh, the hashtags for that re place I'm going and then looking right. for infographics about it. So Right. It, it's cool you mentioned travel because I do want to tell everyone. Um, so Rennie and I met in Portugal. I was in a Euro trip and it was my last day in Europe. And I had one night, one day in Lisbon. And mm -hmm. we did like a one day walking tour. And that's where... I met you and we had a group of people. We spent the whole day just checking it out. And since then, we've basically been connected via social media and stuff like that. But it's yeah. just funny how everything works. But it definitely was a, was a great day. And yeah, and it, it was funny how like our high schools are so the high schools that we both went to were so close to each other as well. Right. And, like we we met each other across the world. It was just it was a funny coincidence. Yeah, for sure. We live in the same city. You're in Mississauga, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we do live in the same city. So that was really cool. Um, so this one thing that uh, you talked about in your Instagram page, which I found really interesting, I think it was a long time back, but I still remember it because I, it kind of sparked a aha moment in me as well. And I think you talked about um, your streams of income and I might be getting the number wrong. Was it six or seven streams of income that you have? I, well, I haven't really I've, calculated it properly, but I say five. Five, five, yeah. okay. Yeah. 
Okay, so what are those five streams of income? Okay, so I feel like I have more than five, but I just okay. say the five categories that there are. Right. <laughs> so the five categories, the first one would be like profit income. Okay, let me start. Earned income. Earned yes. income is like me going to my nine to five. Right. Um, but then my parents have always told me it's not enough. You cannot rely on just one source of income because, you yeah. know, what if I lost lost my job today or something? Right. So I have, I have, oh my gosh, capital gains, which right. is... For my trading, I do, right. I do a lot of trading in the stock market. I also have dividend income from the stocks that I right. own. Right. Interest income. Some even if you were to loan out money to someone, interest mm -hmm. income. Mm -hmm. But what else do I have? I have rental income because right. I have my home. I think that's yeah. And then yeah. but within within my earned income, for example, my YouTube channel is a source of income. I do speaking gigs, which is a source of income. Like I I have multiple within within each. Yeah. You, you know what? I think you, YouTube, I don't think, I think you could classify social media or like media as its own bucket. And I'll tell you why. I don't think YouTube is earned income. And I'll tell you why. Because earned income, and maybe I'm getting the definition wrong, but you're not, so for example, your job, you're, you're literally trading your time mm -hmm. for the dollars one to one. Like, you know, you've got a set amount of like hours. But with media and social media, you, it's exponential. It's yeah. exponential. You, you basically, yes, you're putting in time like anything else, but your five hours in YouTube that you put in, and if there's a video, that can earn you income exponentially into yeah. the years and years and years to come. So it's the time to value ratio is not comparable to an earned income with oh, yeah. the job. Definitely not. <laughs> so, so, and, and that's why I'm more fascinated about, you know, this model and, and what you're doing. And I think you, you, you know, you said like, even if it's like $600 you can make while spending a Saturday and a Sunday one year into less than one year into the game right now is an incredible achievement. Yeah. And I'll tell you the numbers. I don't think I really went yeah. into it, but yes. I, so for my YouTube channel, I've been making about $700. So I get, I choose to get paid in us dollars just because you know, it's stronger. Currency. All right. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so I get paid about 500 us dollars, which translates to about 700 Canadian dollars. Sometimes it's more. Sometimes more. Less. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been getting for the past six months mm -hmm. since I've been monetized mm -hmm. and yeah, it's been doing pretty well, but what just like you said the value is, that you can get off of just one video is exponential so one video of mine went viral and that one video it was about skincare and it has maybe i don't know how many views maybe two hundred thousand views now but it consistently gets views every single day and it pays me that single video pays me about three hundred dollars every month so yeah that, yeah that is the power <laughs> that is the power of virality because and I've seen this even in TikTok. It's like, and, and you could post like 10 videos or you can, but there could be that one video that changes the game for you, right? And you, you have yeah. like this one strong video and like maybe two, three months down, you get another and another. And suddenly you have like, just like a couple of like five to 10 strong videos giving you a thousand dollars a month, right? Which I think exactly. is just like phenomenal. How do you even go viral on YouTube? Because I know how it works on TikTok. Like, how does it work on YouTube? Is it like this mysterious I, algorithm or? It is. It's very mysterious because I've, I, but it's the topic that I chose. So uh, have, have you heard of the, the ordinary skincare? No. No. Okay. So most girls, I'm sure most girls will know about yeah. it, but it's like a skincare brand and they were, especially during pandemic, people were struggling with like acne from their masks. So 
uh, they were, the ordinary was huge and it's really affordable. So I made a video about my skincare routine using the ordinary mm -hmm. and it went, every video in that category does well. So I was like, Oh, let me do a video. I already use it. So let me do a video. Mm -hmm. And it, it blew up. But initially it only had, it had like 2000 views for like two months. It was, it was not moving. And okay. then I was sharing it. One thing I will say is you need to share your content with people because no one's going to see it if you don't share it. So I was sharing it on uh, Twitter. Twitter is a great place and a famous esthetician retweeted it. She has about 600,000 uh, people who follow her yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. So she retweeted it and then it just, since then it's, it's gotten oh, like wow. 4,000 views a month or something like that, 4,000 views a month, something like that. So yeah, it's been doing pretty well. How did she retweet it? Like, did she see your tw tweet? So did I, you know her in any way or no? I don't, I don't know her, but I've been following her for a while. Mm -hmm. And once she was posting, she was, she tweeted about, Hey guys, show me your before and afters. Like, I want to see your before and afters uh, from when you started using my advice mm. versus after. And I was like, here's my before and after. I just showed like the, the photo and then people were like, Oh my God, what products did you use? What products? And I was like, my YouTube video is right here and it has all the products. And then she retweeted that as well. So that's what really helped me uh, go viral. But even right. that, that, a, a person, that works with any any video like even my career videos this is one person she's a career coach and I watch her content as well and she was talking about make sure you never um accept the first offer when you're doing salary negotiations like never accept the first offer yeah, so when yeah. I posted my video I was like this person taught me to never expect ex uh, accept the first offer and she also retweeted my video because she was like oh this person's using my advice she made a video let me share it with everyone else so that video also did really well so yeah. So on YouTube, that's the thing. And I think you touched on something that w was really important for everyone to know. And for, even for myself, like you need, because YouTube might not have that organic reach. Yeah. So you'll need to do some sort of active work to make sure it's on places like share it on your Instagram, share yeah. it on your Twitter. If you have one, do you have a big Twitter presence? That's the one thing I actually didn't even look at. Um, Cause I know you were big on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. So I, did, I didn't even get to check. But do you have like a big Twitter presence or? So when I first started, my Twitter has been private literally for like five, six years because yeah. I was like, this is, I tweet very weird things, you know, like, <laughs> this, this is like for friends only. So my Twitter was yeah. private. I had like 200 followers until she retweeted me. And then I made, like, I made my Twitter public, obviously. Mm -hmm. And now I have, about, I don't have many. I have like a thousand people on it, but um, yeah, I still follow like 200 people. So yeah, it's doing pretty well. Right. That's really cool. And, um, and I want to get a little bit into just some of the mindset shifts that you made to make this work for you. Like, you know, so for some people it's, you know, they're okay just putting themselves out there and all that. But, you know, usually there's a lot of like debate that happens internally and especially like, um, you know, in my culture for men and even especially female to kind of go off the beaten path and put themselves out there. It's, mm -hmm. it's a bit of a hurdle. And yeah. if you can just like give us a little bit on behind the scenes that you have any of your own struggles and what you would basically tell people and especially women who are looking to put themselves out there who are scared and have a lot of self-doubt and stuff like that. I think that would be really, really helpful coming from you. Yeah, I, I agree. I understand what you mean by culturally because I'm mm -hmm. Nigerian and like mm -hmm. even posting financial literacy content, people are like, oh, you're buying a house like who you're going to intimidate men or some, stuff like that. And I'm like, what are you guys talking mm -hmm. about? Like, mm -hmm. why would I want to be with a man who's intimidated that I have a house anyway? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But um, yeah, so I totally get where you're coming from. My mindset shift was kind of like, what's the, my, I was like, what is the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is nobody watches the videos and, and I still make content that I like. So it does, it's not a big deal. That, that's literally how I thought about it. I was like, at least my mom will watch it. And mm-hmm. I know I'll get one view when I, when I post it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I honestly, that was my, my thought process. I was like, if, if nobody likes it, it's okay. At least I tried and put it out in the world, Mm -hmm. but I've seen so many people that have put stuff out, never expected it to do well. And it does so well. So I always like, I encourage everyone just try. If it doesn't work, it's okay. Nobody's like, who, even if someone is judging you, who cares at the end of the day, like you're you could do really well just by posting something. What like I know even I know especially on TikTok like things on TikTok go so viral. I made one video and it got a million views. And I, I remember like, that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wait, I, I need this on my YouTube channel. I definitely need this on my YouTube channel. But yeah, I would say everyone just put yourself out there because you never know what could happen. Yeah, that's one of the things that I kind of told myself. I'm doing it because even if it just impacts one person, like. That's it. Like I've done more than I would have if I didn't do anything. So if your metric is like one impact, one person, I think you can humble yourself into finding love with the process. But the other thing, at least for me and uh, a lot of other people is like the, the judgment that comes, you know, like, and and judgment, not, not from like random people, but from people in the family or coworkers (laughs) and, that's the one like you know those remarks so you know like subtle remarks from friends or you know other acquaintances it's like what are you now are you an influencer like what's happening here stuff like that did you have to deal with any of that or any hate at all or um was it for the most part uh just you battling yourself I think it's mostly me battling myself. Yeah, I don't, I think people did have things to say, but it was very subtle and I was just, I would just ignore it. It's no big deal to me. So it was more of a a me thing for sure. Right. Yeah, we, I think we tend to exaggerate the worst case scenario, which is external. It's like all in our heads, but when you actually go down this journey and it's like 90%, 95, 99% of the stuff was all in my head and was all in my own, uh, you know, limitation then it's like really not that bad like yeah. people don't care as much as we think they that's do. what i was about to say i was gonna say like i feel like we we overestimate our importance to everyone because you know we're not we're not that we're just not that important to most people you know like yeah just humble yourself and uh people will be impacted it may not be the people that you're close with it may not be your friends and family but someone will be impacted by what you do yeah it's kind of liberating for people are like, well, what do you mean people don't give a shit? I think it's kind of liberating to know that people are like have their own shit happening. They have their own problems. They're in their exactly. head. So when you're putting yourself out there, like no one, like, yeah, like if you fail, some one or two person might have a laugh, but people forget. They move on. Like no one cares and just have not, fun. Yeah. You're not that important. You you're know? not that important. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be one of my key quotes from this. Uh, <laughs> you're not that important. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Um, I feel like I had one more thing to cover off with you before uh, uh, we kind of went towards unwinding this. Um, Yes, you were doing a lot of public speaking, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Before this, you were doing a lot of panels and stuff like that. So, you know, it would appear that obviously you're super confident in speaking, in public speaking and putting yourself out there. Um, Did you have to, to get there, 
what did the first time you were public speaking look like? Because I feel like that is a good example of a skill that you bring towards social media because you know, you, you, you're making your YouTube videos. So mm. if you're comfortable public speaking, a lot of that skill is like, oh, and I, I'm just talking to a camera now. So that probably helped a lot. How did you get into public speaking and how would you advise people to get into that? Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I fell into public speaking. It wasn't something that I consciously was like, let me just like start public speaking. I don't think it was like that. Um, it was basically me wanting to volunteer. So it was all unpaid before the pandemic. Everything was unpaid mm -hmm. that I was doing. I was just, people would be like, oh, I like what you said about this. Can you come mm -hmm. speak to my, my group about this? And one thing people don't know is that I actually had stage fright, like, two years ago in 2019 I literally had stage fright I don't know what happened to me because I'm a very outgoing person as mm -hmm. you can tell like I'm a very talkative person but I couldn't I, I lost the ability to speak in front of people it was really weird so my logic was to just face the fear and then go and speak and then eventually I'll break it because I wanted to get back to where I was so it was like oh you're scared but you're gonna have to just face that right. fear and, and go through it so uh -huh. I don't know if I have good advice for anyone trying to get into public speaking but I basically did a bunch of free gigs until people were willing to pay me mm -hmm. and now no one really asked me to speak for free which is really good I, that's I, awesome I know right it's like this before the pandemic this never happened but like now yeah, yeah people People don't ask me to speak for free anymore. These uh, number of streams of in income are just going up. Like this yeah. is another one. It's like we're like number eight or nine now. You, yeah. You're being way too humble with us. <laughs> <laughs> so what did that stage fright look like in, at the moment? Was it like how many people were there and how did you approach that? Take us to that moment because I'm really curious to see how you dealt with it at that yeah, time. Yeah, it's really weird. It would. It didn't have to be a lot of people. It was like me at work and mm -hmm. having to present to like five people I would just be like so nervous and like I had to like psych myself like I had to make sure I wasn't psyching myself out and like it was just I know I was not presenting well back right. then definitely <laughs> so that's what it looked like no matter how small the audience was it was like I was very nervous I don't know why um but yeah that was my experience back then even and especially at church so when I was at church I was part of the choir and it was like I couldn't I couldn't sing anymore. I was like, I'm so nervous to sing in front of people, which is like, I'm not, I'm not a shy person. So why was that happening? Who knows? But I'm glad that I, I got through that. Yeah, that's such a great example. And I think that applies to not only public speaking, but anything you're doing for the first time, like even getting in front of like a tick, uh, camera and recording the first TikTok, you're nervous, right? Because it's like your yeah. first time. But you just get better at dealing with the feeling. The feeling never, I think, truly goes away but you just get more used to the whole physiological aspect of it. So it comes down to just practicing it till the moment you're just like, Oh, like even if yeah. I fail, like I have more confidence because I've done it like 10 times. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I'm sure many people have TikToks or videos that they've recorded and never posted. So I want to encourage everyone who's listening to just post it. Like there's what's the worst that can happen. Just post it. Because 100%. I know a lot of my friends as well. They're like, they've recorded videos, never done anything with them. So yeah, just want yeah. to push you guys. Yeah. I love it. Just post it. Like I, that one thing I cannot recommend enough. Like I'm telling you, like I might've, and I don't know if you saw this one video or any, I was basically the mountain I was walking and I took my phone on and I started screaming at the phone, like something that was in my head. I was like, you know, the chances of you being born is like this, that you're going to die. Oh, yeah. um, and I just recorded, I forgot about it. I got home. I'm like, oh my God, that's so cringe. Like, I don't want to post it. Yeah. And then the other part of me was like, 
listen, you've committed that you're going to let the market decide. So get over your shit. Mm-hmm. And even it, worst case, if it's like bad, it's, it's going to get a hundred views and no harm done, but you have exactly. to post it. And I posted it and it just like skyrocketed that one. And that's like an example where you, you know, quality is subjective. People want authenticity and exactly. quality is subjective. There's a niche for everything that you do. So just yeah, like really. post it. And even like to you, Renny, I would say like get on creating <laughs> on TikTok, even if it's like one a day, all you got to do, honestly, is like take your phone out and say you talked about a mortgage today and be like, hey, these are the five things you need to keep in mind when you're buying yeah. a house. Say those five things, text 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you posted it and you're done. And that can give you like 100,000 views and like 100 more people on Instagram or YouTube. Uh- Honestly, I know, I actually, I know the, I know the power of TikTok and I know, especially like when I made a few of them and it made my videos do so much better. So I'm like, mm-hmm. but I just feel like it takes a long time but from what you're saying. It doesn't, it actually doesn't. Don't even, they won't even put text in it. Just like speak and yeah. into the camera for 30 second rant and just post okay. it. You, you, okay. It's like a muscle. Like I don't give a shit muscle and you just get content. But I feel like with TikTok, you have to post regularly, right? Like daily. for that that algorithm to actually work on with you you know what the consensus is one a day but i know someone that i met through clubhouse in vancouver she's like she got like two million followers in like a couple of months and she posts once in two days but she does very original content like a skit with her kids Uh, and she'll post like very relatable content the thing is Mm -hmm. like there has to be consistency whatever that is for you I think one a week is two less for TikTok. Yeah. But it could be one a day, once in two days. Okay. But establish some sort of consistency. And I think like you can, you have a great brand, you just need attention on it. So, and then I think TikTok TikTok will help you do it. But, you know, if you have any questions, even like feel free to reach out. Like you're more than happy to help you in that space. Uh, So, you know, I think it'll be a great opportunity for you as well. And I'm going to get onto YouTube. So you bet I'll be reaching out (laughs) a little bit. Because for me, YouTube is scary. There's just like, I don't know anything. I have to shoot my videos wide angle. Yeah. Uh, it's like so much to take in. I'm like, it's a whole yeah. new world. So. I don't know. We're, we're clearly the opposite. So hopefully we can help each other. <laughs> I feel like TikTok is full of like kids who are rude. You know, some of them are very rude. But for the most part, most I feel like we also have a habit of humans to focus on the negative. Even though you have like thousands yeah. of nice comments, you focus on those yeah. few mean comments. So yeah. I think my algorithm has figured out this guy doesn't belong in the Gen Z TikTok. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not getting any of those Gen Zs. Okay, like, that's good. Because I think the TikTok algorithm and I posted a lot of like over 30s content. So mm-hmm. I think my audience is like much different now because I think everyone's on it and you let the algorithm decide who's engaging with your content. Mm-hmm. So I think like uh, if you know it's not for Gen Z, usually like it won't be on their For You page because um, you're appealing to a different mass. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's super exciting. And, and on a final note, Renny, like what is like, just to close it off, um, if there's anything you'd like to say to people who are looking to start out, just like, you know, what would you say to them? Honestly, I would just say, just do it. There's no harm in starting. Uh, like there's like, honestly, what is the worst that can happen? So I, to everyone, I would just say, just do it. That's it. Like, I think that's, uh, Literally, the best school of management uh, that Nike did is like, just do it. Because yeah. <laughs> the thing is, you can think something like 10 times, but it doesn't mean anything till you actually do it. And you learn, yeah. you only learn by doing it. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. 
Uh, one more thing. Um, my manager always tells me that perfect is the opposite. Wait, perfection is the enemy of progress. So if you're waiting for like everything to be perfect before you actually put something out, you're never going to achieve anything. Yeah. So I would say try something, just do it and then fail fast. If, if, if it doesn't do well, you can always reinvent yourself. But I feel like people are too stuck up on, oh, everything has to be perfect. No, just, just start. Exactly. 100%. And where can people find you if you just want to drop your handle in? Um, I'll also tag you on my Instagram post so people can find you. But if you just want to tell people your handle and where they can find you. Yeah, my handle is X-O-R-E-N-I. And it's on all platforms. So Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So yeah. Love and it. You managed to get one handle for everything. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I would prefer if you guys subscribe on YouTube. That is the best place to, to follow me. <laughs> yes, people do support uh, Renny and her work. Uh, I think you guys will get a lot of value out of it. So go find her. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining, Renny. It was honestly a very insightful conversation. I personally learned a lot too. So thank you for taking the time out. Um, it was a really nice conversation. Yes, thank you for having me. And I guess I can also say, follow me on TikTok as well, because I'll be posting on TikTok, I guess. Hell yeah, get her on TikTok. We'll, we'll yeah. see if she's posting every other day. We'll hold her accountable. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's the same handle. On